Introducing From the Glove Box, an automotive podcast with Mike and Tony Tadage, the father-son team and owners of TMT Automotive in Northern Indiana. Hello, everybody. This is Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box, uh, independent automotive service center owners in uh, northern Indiana. Uh, been at this for a few years, I think, uh, I think uh, right about now, about 39 years I've uh, been doing this and stuff. So, but uh, for the last uh, 12 plus years, we're a father and son duo uh, that own these shops. In northern Indiana, we work on all makes, all models of cars and stuff. So how are you doing today, Tony? Just fine. If you've listened to us before, it's always, he's always good for a good pick-me-up. Just fine. So what's just fine? What's, uh, uh, what's got you, what you got, why, why, why are you so happy right now? I'm just ecstatic to be sitting next to you and some microphones. Now, oh, ecstatic. We'll see. That's a. Uh, love of a son for his father so that's that's a pretty good thing for sure it's 14 years also 14 years of what of you and i working together oh soon to be 15 yeah yeah seems like just yesterday not, tony not, not 12 it seems only like like a year or two yeah. it's like we i still feel like we're newlyweds yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he used to walk that little boy across the street and hold his hand and stuff and now he didn't want to do that anymore He's he's a little bigger than his dad is. So, but anyhow, <laughs> I get to enjoy a couple of his quit uh, kids. He's got uh, twin uh, boys that they still want to hold their grandpa's hand and walk places and stuff, and get if some you, snacks. If you'd let me keep the change when we go next door to McDonald's, I'd yeah. still probably hold your hand. So yeah, yeah. You ever any dads out there and stuff? So you give the kid a twenty dollar bill to go get lunch or something like that. And, and mysteriously, the change never comes back to you. So I, if you're a father or a mom out there, probably probably experience that. It's like, man, the change never comes back. You know, they'll give you the pennies or the quarter or something. But, you know, when there's like 10 bucks coming back, you got to kind of beg for that. It's but, called opportunity. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Called I call it first bank of dad, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we're going to talk today about tire pressure. Um, modern cars have tire pressure monitors now on the cars. They kind of keep track of that. I mean, old cars didn't have those and stuff. We're going to talk about tire pressure and why it's important. Old cars had tire pressure monitors. Yeah. What were they called? Uh, the person driving the car in a tire gauge. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody out there, when's the last time you have went around all four of your tires in your car and checked the tire pressure with a gauge? I did it last night. Yeah, you did for your brother to help him out and stuff. But again, a whole nother story. Let's, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one that veers this car off the road, not you. So let's stick stick to the plan here. Tire pressure. Why is it important? Why does it help fuel mileage? Why does it help tire wear? Why does it help handling? Um, you wanna you wanna hit on a couple of those subjects for why it's important? And um, is too much air and not enough air um, equally important? Um, yeah. Yep. I you can't hear my head rattle. I cannot hear you shaking your head. No, we have to, we actually, actually laugh. we're getting we, filmed right now though. So <laughs> we have, when Tony was little, he was, he would, you know, struggle with saying something. We'd have to tell him to use his words, not his anger. So I think the thing that we should touch on first is the most common misnomer in tire pressure. Where do you get your tire pressure information from? Because there's two different numbers on every single vehicle. Oh, great, great point. So 
a lot of people look at the tire and they'll try to find the tire pressure and stuff. And that is not where you get the proper tire pressure for your car. The tire is built and used on many different models, makes and models and years and so on and so forth, but it is not specific. So, and the number on the side of the tire has three words or three letters in front of it. Max. Max. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that does not mean that's what you should set it at. <laughs> so explain to our audience out there, where do you get the proper, uh, well, we can obviously you can Google everything now, but there's also a place on your car that we can uh, physically go look at and stuff. Where, where would that be, Tony? In the driver's side door jam. Yeah. As long as your car hasn't been in a wreck and somebody put a door from another car on it or whatever, there's a sticker. Well, in most it. of the time it's on the body side now. It's not on the door side anymore. That's true. So, probably for that reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a sticker in the door. Tells what the tire pressure is and what it should be set for that car. Sometimes it's the same front and rear. Sometimes it's different front and rear. And sometimes uh, the spare tire is different. Yeah, sometimes the spare tire is different as well and stuff, which we never think about. That will about. also tell you the optimal size that the manufacturer recommended for your car as well, as far as your tire size goes on that sticker. Good point, too. There's a whole other piece of the thing is cars coming in with uh, incorrect tire sizes or mismatched tire sizes, which on any car that's all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, mismatched tires, even new tire versus a tire with 30,000 miles on it's not good for the car and we'll talk a little bit about that but talk about some importance of tire pressure um tire pressure is important for multiple reasons nowadays it's becoming more and more important for rolling resistance reasons um is cafe regulations and epa regulations and mile per gallon regulations and everything else is being handed down from the government the tire is is set to a certain specification of pressure because they want to have the least amount of rolling resistance on the car as possible in order to get the best fuel mileage i.e. if you overinflate your tires the tire becomes too hard and that creates more friction if you underinflate your tire the tire becomes too soft and that can create more friction or more rolling resistance well and i think even if i use rolling resistance i would say if you've ever helped uh grandpa push in his 72 chevy truck into the barn they don't roll very easy whereas a newer modern car uh, rolls much easier it, it, it glides easier and stuff so rolling resistance is is how easy does that car move um and it's not just based on weight it's based on the tire the tire touching the surface and stuff and the tire needs to touch the surface in in a proper amount um it needs it needs to have its footprint so to speak as you walk your foot leaves a leaves a print your tire leaves a print also and that traction um, and that proper amount is, is extremely important. It also can have big time effect on fuel mileage. If you have low tire uh, pressure, I mean, it could affect your fuel mileage, what, two, three miles a gallon sometimes? Mm -hmm. uh, if and if that tire is overinflated, what's going to happen to it wear-wise? So think of a tire, think of a balloon. If you put too much air in a balloon, instead of being a round balloon, it now becomes kind of oblong. There's, so, so the same thing happens with your tires. So instead of the tire being six or seven or eight inches wide and it fully equally touching the surface, you may only get the center three inches of it really touching the surface, which then that 
portion of the tire wears and the other doesn't. Um, so proper tire inflation is so critical to good fuel mileage, the most wear out of the tires, just like a rotation and balance and all those types of things is equally important. Um, and here's what happens too, Tony. Somebody gets a low tire light on when the weather changes. If it gets colder in your part of the country, the tire light will come on. And then somebody will go to the gas station and they'll take a tire that should have 32 pounds of air pressure in it. And they'll go put 50 pounds in it. Well, you just screwed up the whole system with that. Um, so, yeah, if, uh, you know, inflating them to the proper tire pressure. And that's why when you come and in just in. This literally happened at one of the stores um, last week. So when you put tire uh, air in a tire, just so you know, those numbers are not a percentage. You're not trying to put 100% in the tire. So we had a customer that came in with 92 pounds of pressure in a tire because they were trying to get it to say 100, thinking it was a percentage. Oh, wow. So Haven't heard that one. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that either, and it happened at one of our stores and <laughs> and stuff. You want to talk about, and, and, and this is the other thing with tire pressure that a lot of people don't realize, if you have two tires on the front of a car and one's at 32 pounds of pressure and one's at 92 pounds of pressure, what's going to happen to how that car drives? Not going to drive very well. Um, it's going to pull. It's going to pull yeah. the direction of the 32-pound tire. Um, yeah. So if your left front's at 32 pounds and your right front's at 92 pounds, it's going to pull left um, because or, it's got less pound, less pressure in it. Yeah. So think of uh, if you're going to put a, uh, um, you know, a hiking boot on one foot and a four-inch st- uh, stiletto high heel on the other foot, you know, think of the amount of traction. Don't that you- think of Mike and I or, or my father and <laughs> I in a four-inch stiletto and a hiking boot. Yeah, you could maybe, but, you know, but you think about the amount of uh, surface, it's harder to walk in something and you think of... Yeah, uh, the imbalance of that, how you would walk and stuff, the same way it would happen to your car. Um, so the importance of having, you know, two shoes the same, um, two uh, tires the same, all those types of things are um, <clears throat> extremely important and stuff. So there's a whole bunch of aspects of this. That's why it's it's really important when you go to your service center, like our TMT Automotives um, in Northern Indiana, that somebody on every oil change checks the tire pressure and goes through that and sets that properly. We have people sometimes, Tony and and everybody out there that come into our shop and they say, I just want an oil change. And I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, the importance of all the littles that go along with the service, the setting the tire pressure correctly, the checking the air filter, checking the fluid levels, doing all those pieces, doing the safety inspection. Because ladies and gentlemen, you think about when you started your car this morning to go to work or go to school or go wherever you went, nobody checks the oil, nobody checks the lights, nobody checks the tire pressure. You just jump in the car, click the seatbelt, throw it and you start it, throw it and drive as quickly as possible and take off. We do it, Tony and I do it, and we own automotive service centers. So make sure that you take a car to a service center that takes the time to do a total vehicle inspection. And I would go on to say this, the total vehicle and inspection is as important and probably more important than the physical oil change. So that's a little bit uh, from uh, Mike and Tony Tadich, uh, independent shop owners in Northern Indiana and from the glove box.
Tony, we got a caller that's uh, asking about the differences in um, all-season tires versus, uh, you know, I guess we used to call them snow tires. Now we call them winter tires and stuff like that. But, you know, they're asking the difference about um, depending on the climate that you live in, whether it's, you know, the north with snow or, you know, somewhere in the middle of the country that's got rain and ice and those types of things and then even heavy rains in the in the south and stuff but uh um let's let's talk a little bit about the differences in those and stuff the differences in in tires and i guess i'll start it off with you know in the north in the old days uh we had rear wheel drive vehicles instead of front wheel drive or all wheel drive so most of the vehicles uh were driven the power was driven to the rear wheels and that's what pushed the car forward those that has since changed but in that point of time many people would put a pair of snow tires two snow tires on the back of the car so when the winter got uh you know bad they would put those on they would even some of them would put little you know metal studs in the tires and they would be they would be studded snow tires uh to really get traction and in you know states like indiana and michigan and probably wisconsin Minnesota, you could only have those on your car for a few months at a time because the, while the studs um, got you really good traction, they were pretty tough on the asphalt and the concrete roads and stuff. But October to March. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, and some of them are even tighter than that, and some are bigger than that. But uh, but the difference for somebody, you know, in in modern technology, if you've got a front wheel drive or an all wheel drive vehicle. Um, you know, and you're buying a really good all-season tire, um, or do you want to put a, a winter tire and stuff? So you want to explain some of the features and benefits between those two, Tony? Not really. There's one answer to that. Just put the winter tires on <laughs> if you're in the north climate or the the, the, the all-season, or not the all-season, but the winter tires, the snow tires. We're, we're so. here to educate people and help <laughs> them understand the differences between people. He's in one of those mood, moods again, people. So, um, <laughs> okay. Um, They're not called snow tires anymore for the main reason of – Snow tires were, were had really, really wide lugs um, and were meant to take in snow and then kick it out the side and inject it out the side. So snow tires were almost like truck tires for cars back in the day. They're now called winter tires because they're built not only for snow but for ice conditions, slippery conditions, and wet conditions. And how they do that is they still keep the lug narrow and so the clean out is not as wide. Probably going a little too complex. I don't, I don't know. I'll let you explain. So the clean-out's not as wide. And then they have a whole ton of sipe cuts all the way through the entire tire. So that way as the tire is going down the road, those sipe cuts on the pressure, so on the bottom side where the tire actually hits the road, the sipe cuts are separating, and it's allowing the tire to actually grab the road as it's going down the road and in, in spinning. That is the reason that you should put winter tires on and run them as much as you can run them. The other reason that a lot of people don't realize is you're going to get double the life out of your other tires because you got two sets of tires now that you're running. And, and it's going to allow you to stretch out how, many, how often you replace your summer tires and how often you replace your winter tires. So lugs, siping, side cuts. Sipe cuts. Sipe. Sipe. <laughs> S-I-P-E cuts. Yep. Um, and I think in, in, all these are 
correct technical terms and stuff. I think the basis of this is how quickly can we get snow or moisture from in between the tire and the road, like Tony said, to, so it can grip the road. How quickly can we kick that stuff out, whether it goes out to the left or right, or whether it goes out and channels out the back? How quickly can we get that so we have a solid tire, rubber tire against an asphalt or a concrete road and so we can have the best traction? How quickly can we make that happen? Think of just walking again, if we talked about walking across the sidewalk. If you can clean the sidewalk, shovel it, snow blow it, um, whatever, or, or, the, or the sidewalk's flooded with water, if you can uh, quickly dissipate that so your shoe is in direct, direct contact with the surface, you're going to not have a chance of slipping or falling down. So I think that's the really important things. I think the biggest um, <clears throat> improvement in what we would call a winter tire over a snow tire is this. Um, the snow tire has a, it has a compound or a makeup of it that is meant to grip really, really well on, on uh, slippery surfaces. So I know you know, we're, we uh, live pretty close to one of the biggest distributors in the country called Tire Rack, and they'll put um, these uh, winter tires on cars, and they'll go to, to Notre Dame uh, to, to, or to an uh, you know, ice hockey rink, and you'll get to drive a car on that type of uh, um, you know, slippery ice surface and stuff, and you can see how well it, it grips in, in traction. And I know not too long ago in a, in a winter time, a brand new set of Michelin tires on my wife's car. Um, we came out of a restaurant and down a little hill to make a little turn, and a brand brand new set of all season tires. Um, it was what we call black ice, which is you know just this real sheen uh, kind of rain snow mix that froze, and the car just slipped sideways, and I banged the car into uh, curbs and damaged uh, wheels on the car. I think in that situation, had I had um, true winter tires on, they would have gripped and they would have kept me from doing that. And this is a car that has safety features of, you know, um, that keeps it from sliding and has anti-lock brakes and has all those features on it, but it still slid, you know, at 10 miles an hour and banged into a curb and, you know, damaged $700 wheels. Um, so these are things that we deal with. So to, I think to answer the caller's questions, if you really want really good traction, the best way for winter or, you know, if you have snow or, you know, ice or some type of mixture of that, um, the winter tire is really the best. The difference, like Tony said, is um, they're not made for 50, 60,000 miles. They're probably, what are they, Tony, 20,000 miles roughly? <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, most – most winter tires, so two problems with winter tires and tire wear is they're softer compound, number one. Number two, they're not meant for heat resistance. So if you run a winter tire in the summertime with the temperature and then what the road actually heats up to, it'll just melt the winter tire. So most people, most generally, we see people get three to four years out of a set of winter tires. Um, unless you're like an over-the-road salesman or something like that that's putting on 30,000 miles, 40,000 miles in one winter, then you might be able to get one and a half winters out of them. So, yeah, you're you're right. Probably 30,000 miles is probably the number now. Um, it's come up in recent years. It used to be 10 to 15,000 miles and then 20,000 miles, and now, we're like I said, we're probably in the 30,000-mile neighborhood on winter tires. 
Yeah, so the point of this is you either do two things. You you have those winter tires mounted on a separate set of wheels. Um, shops like ours will store those for you during the summer. Put your other, so we just take the wheel and tire off, put the other wheel and tire on. In the modern cars now, you have to have tire pressure sensors in them, so it, you know, it, it's a little costly. Or you take the tires off in the spring and in the fall and you put them on and off, um, which um, costs a little more each time to switch them, but it's less cost up front. But if you're really looking for that really good safety, good traction, those type of things, and, and if, if you're in those adverse conditions, uh, then a winter tire works really, really well. Um, most of the tires, I think I'll leave you with this too, most tires are really pretty good in 90% of the conditions. You're buying a really good traction tire for that 5% of the time where the road's flooded, it's rained torrentially, it's snowed like crazy, those type of things where you're really in this tough condition and you really need good traction. So think of when you're buying a tire and you're buying a quality tire, you're really buying it for that 5 or 10% of the time when it's really, really bad out. The other thing that I think we would share with everybody, Tony, is somebody, you can't buy a low mileage, like a 40,000 mile tire, um, which is more is inexpensive, and get really great traction also. The quality of the tire and the length that the tire lasts, um, traction ratings improve with that also. So I can't say, give me a really cheap tire with really good traction, because no. they don't make that, right? Yeah. And the last two things with winter tires, uh, number one is make sure you get your winter tires early, um, i.e. September, August, September, somewhere in there. Because if you have a really unique tire size, it'll sell out by November, um, and it'll be too late after the first snow in most cases. Um, the, the, the second thing is if you do buy winter tires off season, a lot of times you can get deals on them because they are leftover models. So, so just keep in mind with that. Um, I guess I'll throw a third thing in there. A lot of people think of the winter tires is something that provides traction when you're accelerating or driving. It makes a monstrous difference also when you're braking. Um, because Good point. Is the that's winter, a great point. Is the winter tire is the weight transfer happens in the vehicle? The winter tire grabs the road just as much, if not more, when you're weight transferring the car and you're braking and deselling to to cause the car not to slide. So a lot of cars will slide pretty quickly, and you'll feel the ABS kick in. You'll hear the pump run, and the brake pedal will push back on you, and that type of stuff. A lot of times when I'm driving a car with a winter tire, and I drive fairly aggressive um, most of the time, but I notice the most difference in braking that I don't break traction when I'm braking with a winter tire on. Yeah. I think the two points with that, and we'll wrap this section up, is um, you could have a brand new set of brakes on your car, but if you got crappy tires, not going to stop very well. Um, so that's the piece with that. The second piece I'll say with this, most good independent service centers like TMT Automotive and a lot of the others throughout the country can provide your oil changes, your tune-ups, all the services you need on your car in addition to a good competitively priced tire. So you don't have to go to the oil change place, to the tire place, to this place, to the dealer. you got a one-stop shop in the type of shops, service centers that we run. So make sure to not just go to that big box store for tires and understand that your local independent service centers like TMT Automotive can provide a great price tires with all the services after the sale. Plus, you only got one place to go to get everything taken care of. 
And that's a little segment of From the Glove Box from Mike and Tony Tadich, independent shop owners in northern Indiana. Driving the discussion today is brought to you by Auburn Gear. With Auburn Gear, you enjoy the top-of-the-line American-made diffs. Our extensive lineup includes specialty models for your specific needs, from everyday driving to performance racing, hauling loads on the highway, or conquering the toughest trains. Auburn Gear has satisfied power enthusiasts for over 50 years. Visit AuburnGear.com for more. Mike and Tony Tadich, independent shop owners. We work on all makes, all models of automobiles. We've been at it a mere 39 years. Uh, but this is uh, called Driving the Discussion from our friends at Auburn Gear. And Auburn Gear makes awesome products for you know street vehicles, off-road vehicles, four-wheel drive vehicles, Jeeps, trucks, all those types of things. Puts great gears in them. The one thing that uh, makes all their stuff work really well is the ability to get the power that they do in their in their differentials and stuff to the to the ground, which has to go through tires, which leads us to a very tiring subject called tread depth. <laughs> <laughs> Got that? Picked up on that one, huh? Yeah. Tired. We've this whole se- this whole thing. We've talked about tires. I'm getting a little tired of it. I get that. Thing. This is why the American language is a hard one to understand because we have too many words that mean two totally different things. I'm tired, and we're talking about tires. I don't think you should be talking about the American uh, yeah. language of English. Yes, I'm, I'm an expert at that. <laughs> expert at butchering it. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so tread depth. Uh, so talk about, you know, what's proper tread depth? What's what what is you know the time to replace my tires when the time not and this is a big talked about subject you know how long should a set of tires last what's the tread depth what's the what's the range and stuff like that and i'll give you a couple uh, facts 80% of tire failure happens in the last 20% of the tread depth so That's think a about Pareto principle 80% of the yeah 80% of tire failures, tires blowing out, tires, whatever happening to them, happens the last 20%. So if you really don't want to be sitting alongside the road with a blown out tire or have a tire blow out as you're driving down the road, it's probably best to change. I think this is a principle we practice in our shops. Is it better to fix something too early or too late? And most of it's a little too early. So if I'm putting toast in a toaster tomorrow morning, I'd rather get it out a little too early than a little too late. I don't know why toast even came up. <laughs> <laughs> totally took that one in the wrong way. Uh, we'll probably spin that into traction somewhere. But anyhow, um, talk, talk to us a little bit about tread depth and traction and, you know, what's what's – What's some uh, good general rules of that? Whoever came up with the measuring of tread depth needs to be shot. The measuring of tread depth. So you guys know, most of you out there, maybe, and maybe you don't know a hell of a lot about, I almost said a bad word, but no whole heck of a lot about tires. Um, but we all know quarter of an inch, half an inch, eighth of an inch, maybe even, you know, a millimeter. Well, I don't think we know millimeters very well no. either. You know? But so... Tires, in the infinite wisdom of somebody, 
we decided to measure tires in the 32nd of an inch. And a really good new traction, or a tire brand new, Tony, measures about what? For a car, about 10 30 seconds. For a truck, maybe 14 to 16. Yeah, so 10 30 seconds to 16 30 seconds. 30 seconds of an inch. So I want you out there to really think and hold your fingers up. And so once again, we have something that is not at 100%. Your tire does not start at 32 32s. Which is really weird because this happened on one of our inspections. One of our guys sent a report to that and said your tires are 8 30 seconds and they're in the green, which means good. Green means good, you know. Um, and, and the customer sent back, she said, oh, I thought they would need replaced. And he said, no, they're 8.30 seconds. And she said, well, wouldn't it make sense that they should be 32 of 32 being brand new? Which is, yes, that would make sense. If <laughs> yes, ma'am. That, about- <laughs> that would make perfect sense if the gentleman that decided to probably create this system was shot in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole idea and why we, and I don't think it's a trick by the tire manufacturers, but why on earth that we measure them in 30 seconds of an inch is just stupid. It's totally stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's the dumbest measurement. And so we're, we as uh, shop owners and service advisors and people that talk to our customers, we're trying to explain to you how much tread you have. The old thing, the Lincoln, you could put a penny in a tire and if Lincoln's head uh, didn't show, um, then a tire needed to be replaced and stuff. Um, so Lincoln's a penny, Tony, that, you know, we used to have. We don't see them much anymore. I don't like pennies. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't like yeah. change. They're fairly worthless. It's a whole different yeah. subject. They are. But we used to measure that, and we know that that's when a tire needs to be replaced. But, you know, um, again, it depends on how you want to drive an automobile. If you want a safe and reliable vehicle, which I think probably everybody out there does, I wouldn't wait till a tire was... 60 or probably 70 80 percent worn out well, let's let's spin this to this direction um there's two different recommended minimum levels for a tire depending on where you're at there's one for winter driving and there's one for summer driving what are they so summer driving is three thirty seconds of tread which at three thirty seconds of tread quite honestly in a heavy rainstorm you're sliding so a five thirty second tire almost killed me one time. So um, winter driving is six six thirty seconds. So you know, in in a lot of these tires, you're starting out at ten, maybe eleven thirty seconds. Like I said earlier, um, in in stuff. So you know, by the time you wear down. It's six thirty seconds. You're sometimes fifty percent tread at that point in time, but tires are already starting to break traction. So yeah, the tire is rated for eighty thousand miles, but at forty thousand miles, you're now at fifty uh, percent tread life, and your tire is being recommended to be replaced. So I get people all the time, well, why didn't that tire last eighty thousand miles like I said it's supposed to? Well, do you want to wear the tire down to literally the wear bars to where it's underneath three thirty seconds, or do you want to be safe? Which one would you prefer? Yeah, and that that really comes into play with that. And um, because one of the things modern automobiles have expanded where you can drive them three, four hundred thousand miles, they don't rust out anymore, they last one of, a lot longer. One of the things that has not improved immensely, especially with all wheel drive and four wheel drive vehicles, is tire, uh, you know, uh, length that they last. Many times, new tires on a car. 
um, which is a whole nother subject. But new tires on a car don't last 25, 30,000 miles. I know I've had several new, um, I can't say brands, but uh, we've had several new cars that I was putting tires on it. At, yeah, I just put tires on my wife's car. We can say one brand we don't own. <laughs> Ford. <laughs> well, we're not saying that. Oh. Uh, get you on that thing that whole thing but anyhow um, but the problem when they highlighted it in blue uh, yeah here we go um sorry for all the ford lovers out there try not to be mean with that but point being is a lot of tires just don't last that long anymore and furthermore a, uh, a company like goodyear will make a tire in a certain name in a certain um, set up for a manufacturer like Ford or like Toyota or Honda or whatever, and they'll make it. But the tire, the the manufacturer, the Ford, Chevy, Toyota beats them down on price, so they'll make the same tire with a with a that doesn't last as long, basically, with a rubber compound that doesn't last long to meet a to meet a price for that. So you may get new tires on your car, and then you may come into a store like ours and replace them, and you may be able to replace it with double the mileage on it, and it's just because of the aftermarket version of that tire is made to last a lot longer. They do the same thing for big box stores, too. So... The most prime example that I can bring up is a Goodyear tire that was called a Viva 2 is the same thing as a Goodyear Integrity. However, the Viva 2, you can buy at a big box store that has blue on the roof and has six letters in it. Um, Stop it. It starts with a W and ends with a T. Stop it. And it lasts about half of what a Goodyear Integrity will because that big box store goes to Goodyear and says, hey, I want to buy four million of those tires and I want to brand it my way. The other one that is notorious for this is another store that has the word tire in it and maybe a connotation of cheap in front of it that has red awnings um, or maybe has an American you, you flag are, type oh, thing yeah. in front of it. Um, okay. They go get tires made by uh, other brands like Cooper and stuff like that made to their specifications to compete. So the tread design looks exactly the same as what you would buy from a good independent dealer like we are. Um, but the mileage isn't there and the traction isn't there. So really you have to pay heavy attention to what you're buying at these big box stores um, because it may look and feel and sound exactly like the tire that you would buy from us or from a place like Tire Rack or from any of your independent automotive centers, but it is not. So, And that's, that's a real good share. I would, I'll end it with this. The, the most good independent service centers that are – you know, all makes, all models, all services can be good people to guide you and help you pick out the right tire to fit, not only to fit your budget, but to fit your, you know, driving concerns, uh, how you drive, where you drive, how long, how many miles you drive a year, and all the different uh, pieces of that. And, and think about this even when you're buying a tire. If you say, I'm going to get rid of my car in a year, you still want to buy a tire with really good tread so when you go to sell that car or trade it in, it has good tread depth so you don't have to, you know, take a deduction on selling it or trading it. But that's just a little touch on tires, on tread depth, on the stupidness of 30 seconds of an inch. Um, go back to your service centers that, that you know and trust and love and let them help uh, guide you to the right uh, tire purchase. And a little bit... Uh, from our friends at Auburn Gear and uh, driving the discussion, Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box.
Hey, this is uh, father and son team, Mike and Tony Tadich. Uh, just want to thank you for hanging out with us again today. So you got anything to wrap up, Tony? It's uh, uh, shutting the glove box time. So we'll see you next time on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Make sure you're here for our next one. Have a question for Mike and Tony? Call it in at 888-201-0858. This podcast is brought to you by TMT Automotive and Momentum Drives Marketing.